It is three and a half minutes after 12. You know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby. Anyway, good afternoon. Welcome into SENZ. The telephone number is 0800 The temper bed post text machine is 8833. Mark Watson in for Mark Stafford. We are taking your calls this hour. It's been another interesting week, plenty of debate, plenty of discussion, and I want to give everybody their last chance to maybe talk about some of the issues from over the week, and a big weekend coming up for the Warriors. Tohu Harris playing his 100th game for the Warriors. We've got Sean Johnson playing his 250th NRL game, and we've also got the Warriors playing their 300th game at Mount Smart Stadium. They take on St. George. If they win that game, well and truly have cemented themselves in that top four, top three, do you rest a few players next week against the Redcliffe Dolphins? Do you freshen the players up? So coming into playoff time, they're a little bit refreshed, or do you just keep the momentum going? Rugby league experts, what do you think? 0800 150811. Look, and congratulations to Sean Johnson on the seasons he's having. Look, I, I, I've never really rated the guy, to be honest. Um, always felt that he just lacked a little bit of heart, a little bit of a prima donna, but he's been a hell of a player this year and well done to him. And more than happy to go up to him and apologise and say, look, well done, well done. Uh, been absolutely brilliant. And I know much of that is because he's worked heavily on his defence. And that's also then given the confidence to get more involved in that collision area of the game. And I think that's made him a better player. And this Warriors machine continues to roll on another sellout. Well done to Warriors fans. I will say this, you are far more loyal than I am. It was only a year ago I was calling for people not to turn up to Warriors games in protest, asking for change, saying, hey, that's not to say you don't love your team. Actually, that's just tough love because you want to see more out of this organisation. Because let's be honest, for 25-odd years, they've pretty much been one of the great underachievers of New Zealand sport. That's not the case. Been a hell of a season, hell of a ride. And we need it, don't we? Because let's be honest, rugby have destroyed the domestic game in this country. Their arrogance, their arrogance has forced people to now move into other areas. And then you contrast the way the NRL have done things and continue to do things. I understand why everybody's now on board and it's a much better product and it's a much better competition. Which is, again, the point I just want to touch on, discussed earlier in the week. Um, so after the first round of the playoffs, the NRL then take over. They own the financial side of the game and they can force teams to play where they want. They've done it with Manly in the past and taking them and made them play in Sydney Football Stadium and what used to be the Olympic Stadium, all in the name of getting bigger gate takings. And they potentially could do this for the Warriors and force them to play at Eden Park, where I'm sure they'll get 45,000. But it can't happen. I've always said this. You earn the right for the home advantage, you should be able to get it. And commercial decisions should never get in the way of performance decisions no matter what. Mount Smart Stadium is a shithole, but it's the Warriors' shithole, and it works. 
It's got little idiosyncrasies and subtleties that make it a tough place to come and play. And when you've got 24,000 Warriors fans, it is an absolute cauldron. And if you think there's nothing in a ground, ask Liverpool football fans. Talk to managers and coaches who have had to go and play at Liverpool, Champions League night, big Premier League occasions. It's like no other stadium in the world. It is the extra man. Still difficult to come across the ditch, still difficult to play and beat the Warriors at Eden Park. But the Warriors need to stand firm. I'm not sure how much they say they'll get in it. But hopefully common sense prevails and the Warriors who have done it tough in the last couple of years, if not just purely for payback, get to play at Mount Smart Stadium. Our thoughts on the Warriors, uh, the Sean Johnson, 0800-150811 is the number. Plenty of discussion this week on Steve Hansen. And it's probably been done to death. But I haven't had a chance to have my say, and I'm going to have my say. However you want to spin this, and Steve Hansen said, look, he's just a mate, I'm just helping out a mate, I'm not getting paid. I'm not helping them tactically, I'm just there to observe and provide some feedback. However you want to frame it, it's not a good look this close to the World Cup. And the reality is, he is primarily there still to enhance this Wallabies team. However you want to frame it, he is there to enhance this Wallabies team. We saw how close the Wallabies came to beating the All Blacks in Dunedin. Last year they should have beaten us in Melbourne if it wasn't for a very grey area from the referee regarding time-wasting. My point is we're dealing with very small percentages when it comes down to it. If they're at their best and we're slightly off our game, they are capable of beating us. And so Steve Hansen, however you frame it, is helping the Wallabies. He's there to enhance their performance. This is a man who was knighted for services to rugby. He lacks, in my opinion, he lacks integrity. 2016, I felt that he basically screwed Sir Gordon Titchens with that sevens team. A number of players, including Ben Smith, had put their hand up to say, yes, I want to play at the Olympics. And literally 12 months later, they all decided they didn't want to play at the Olympics. And the rest is history. This is a guy who hijacked Super Rugby, said, hey, we're going to have all black camps. We're going to have rest and rotation. Our players can't play this much rugby. And it was all in the name of the All Blacks. He said in 2017, 2018, when we lost Hess to the Wallabies, the sun will come up in the morning, judge us on the World Cup. Well, we lost in the semi-final of the World Cup and we knighted the man. I think for a long time he was a bully. I think Steve Chew alongside of him. Part of the reason why rugby's in the state it's in right now. What also infuriates even more, and I'm going to play a little snippet for you, interview that he did um, with broadcaster Martin Devlin. I've just taken a little cut. I want to play this because this sums up Hanson, this sums up New Zealand rugby, and this sums up why the game 
is in the position it's in right now. Have a listen to this. You know, you've got to play and there will be injuries. You just hope they're not major. But it doesn't matter whether we win or lose that game. I don't think so. I think they've put their marker on the ground. There's, you know, there's other things that work now. So it doesn't matter if we lose this game. There's other things at work. This is a guy who's been involved in the All Blacks since 2004 to 2020. He's telling us it's okay if the All Blacks lose. It doesn't matter. It does matter. Every damn All Black test matters. When we start saying it doesn't matter, we are in trouble. Look at the landscape. Club rugby's dead. MPC's dead. Super rugby's going exactly the same way and we've got a former All Black coach who's been knighted for services to rugby telling us it doesn't matter if we lose to South Africa at Twickenham overnight. So what? Let's reduce rugby to once every four years, eh? Who cares if we lose? As long as we win the Rugby World Cup. Good luck with that one. No wonder the Warriors are selling out. We knighted this man. That's the attitude. I'm just helping out a mate. Just say no. 0800 150 811 is the number if you want to have your say. You can text us here on double eight double three. like to get your thoughts. Just on the All Black Test tomorrow. Do you place importance on it? Or have you been brainwashed? I'm absolutely thrilled they're putting out their best team. We've got to build combinations. You cannot keep saying, oh, we've got to rip them in cotton wool. They might get injured. They can get injured in training. That's the reality of it. I'll be watching it. I want the All Blacks to win. And the nation should bloody well mourn if we lose. You know, I remember 1993, Zinzan Brook. I know the story because I know a number of All Blacks that played that day have told me, you know, gets on the All Black bus, goes to Twickenham and says, if we lose today, a nation mourns. Is that still the mindset here? I hope it is. See, what Steve Hansen doesn't realise and what New Zealand rugby don't realise is that they rely on the All Blacks to generate all of this income. And why are the All Blacks bigger than any other team in the world? And why do they command more commercially than any other team in the world? It's because of their winning record, because of the brand. No, perform- no um, it's about performance and no compromise. It's about winning. So when you suddenly have people turning around saying it's okay if we lose, you actually just erode the all-black brand. What you do in the long term is you devalue the brand. The very brand that you're relying on to bring in the money. 0800 Other issues? Happy to take your calls. Somebody kicked this bad boy off. Again, you can text us here on the Temper Bedpost text machine on double eight double three. Number of texts that have come in, which I will get to shortly. You know, you've got to play, and there will be injuries. You just hope they're not major. But it doesn't matter whether we win or lose that game. I don't think so. I think they've put their marker on the ground. There's, you know, there's other things that work now.
There you go, Steve Henson telling us it doesn't matter whether we win or lose an all-black test, day. Eh? Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Moe Molly sitting there trying to further enhance the wallabies, however you want to frame it. 0800 150811. Are you in that camp? Does it matter whether we win this tomorrow or not? Is this just the exhibition football? Is that what the All Blacks have become? Hi, Paul. Afternoon, Waro. How are you, mate? Very good, thank you. Excellent. Hey, I thought I'd kick things off. Um, the game, I don't know if you saw the game last night, the Eels and the Panthers. Um, gee, I tell you what, you know, the, the Panthers at home, it was sold out, it was absolutely packed stadium and I think the Panthers, uh, the Eels showed the blueprint for how to, how to beat the the, the, the Panthers uh, they, they just they just played a power game so fast from from the, from the kickoff and um, you know if the Warriors come up against or any team come up against Panthers in the finals that's, that's how you beat, beat the Panthers mate you just play fast you beat them at their own game. Yeah, also off the back, a very, very good defence though, wasn't it, last night? And I'll say this, when it comes to winning now, it's all about defence, but it is nice. It's a timely reminder that the Panthers can get beaten now. It'll go two ways for the Panthers. Does this just make them refocus and maybe say, hey, look, perhaps you know we've got to stop reading the press or believing in our own press? Or this might just put a little bit of doubt in their head and it'll be fascinating to see how they bounce back from this. Um, yeah. I don't think there'll be uh, any doubt uh, because they're a confident side and Ivan Clare is a good coach. But what it, what it has done, it's shown the other teams, yeah, like you said, that they are absolutely beatable. And um, when it, you, you know you, you know that when it comes to finals, it's a totally different ball game yeah. um, than regular season. And uh, the Warriors pushed them close. They pushed the Broncos very close last time. So, you know, they're ever the optimist, um, you know, the Warriors... Gee, is this our year, mate? Well, you, you, you need one of those teams that finishes third or fourth to either tip up Penrith or tip up Brisbane, and then you throw them on the up, you throw what you throw those teams up against each other later in the draw, don't you? And so potentially you then don't have both teams making that NRL final, and then you've got a chance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and just a quick one on uh, Mount Smart. It, it's uh, of. Yeah, it's got to be Mount Smart. I heard the man butcher this morning, so uh, and I agree with him. Doesn't matter where it is, mate, we'll be there um, regardless. But uh, it's our spiritual home, Mount Smart, and you know, yes, it is a bit of a bit of a dog's breakfast at stadium, but it's, it's our home, mate. And um, yeah, I know the players want to play there, so. No, lovely. Port- unfortunately, uh, what I yeah, unfortunately, I can't be there. My first home game I'm missing this year because uh, my little boy broke his toe, and we always go together, so. Uh, we're going to stay home and watch it on TV tonight. How did he break his toe? Oh, uh, he was playing. Uh, he was at training, um, and uh, they were playing tag or something. And uh, I'm not 100 percent sure, but he fractured his little toe and he's hobbling around. So it's a bit of a mission for him to walk around the stadium, like we always do, going from food cart to food cart. <laughs> mm. Hey, Paul, lovely to have you on the program, mate. And you're a true patriot. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Paul Lear, 0800 It reminds me, doesn't he, broken toe. Did you know, Finn, did you know this? It's a true story. That Jesus was originally going to be called Barry until Mary stubbed her toe on the barn door. I didn't know that. I want you to think about why. What happens when you kick your toe? It Jesus hurts, Christ! Ah, <laughs> oh, there it is. There you go. There you go. Originally was going to call Barry, then kick your toe on the damn barn door. 
Sure, I've upset every religious person in the country right now. Hopefully you've all got a sense of humour anyway. 0800-150811 is the number. Uh, some texts that have come in. Take your happy pills, Watson. Ruining a good day for listeners. I'm oh, not another one who didn't learn how to use an off button when they were five. How come so many people missed that day at school? You're a beautiful man, Watto. That comes from Ash. No, Ash. You're a very beautiful man in a very platonic way. We've never met, but I guarantee you're a good-looking, intelligent man. Mark, must win tomorrow. End of story. Hanson, bloody can't have, but it was his decision. Couldn't care less about him. That comes from Ken. Don't think we have anything to worry about with Hanson Watto. He was working at the Bulldogs and they're still crap. He was blessed during his all-black career with great players. Well, it's interesting, isn't he? He didn't hear it a very good team, Steve Hanson. And then you do look at from 2015 to 2019, we did start to go on a downward curve, didn't we? You know, we lost Test to Ireland for the first time. We drew a series with the British and Irish Alliance. We were losing to the Wallabies. And heading into that World Cup, there was no innovation in the way things are played. It still, it still absolutely irks me that the number of knighthoods that are handed out to all black coaches. And he really wasn't that critiqued. We didn't mourn back in 2019 when we lost that semi-final of the World Cup like we have other World Cups. And I wonder whether there is a little bit of a shift here. Apathy has crept in. If it has, we're in a world of trouble. Uh, someone just texting in here. Preach, Watto, 100% agree with you on Steve Hansen. It was like he pulls the wool over our eyes. Don't fall for it. I no, don't fall for it. Hey, Watto, the Panthers took it lightly last night and got smoked. Great defence from the Eels. Captain Courageous, die for the jersey, Clint Gutherson, and great control from Brown. That comes from Marshy from Hawke's Bay. Well done, Marshy. Thank you for that. Not sure where the Panthers play their playoff games, but their stadium holds only 22,000. Look, my point is... All of these home games, all of these teams should be able to play at their own grounds. Like hard over wherever it is, play at your own grounds. You've earned that right. Okay? Do not put commercial decisions over performance decisions. Reward the fans. That's what the game is all about. Without the fans, you've got nothing. That's something New Zealand rugby has forgotten. 0800 Hey, look, Lisa Carrington's in action tomorrow night. And she's looking to try and win her 13th World Championship. We take her for granted, don't we? Oh, Lisa Carrington wins another world title. Oh, shouldn't give her the Halberg Award because she won it last year, which is just a ridiculous mindset. I, I was lucky enough to be in Tokyo um, for the Olympics. I actually called all of the kayaking. It wasn't heard here, but it's the official archive of the IOC. And you, it's only when you actually get... Um, when you go and you realise how big kayaking is globally, that it puts in context the achievements of Carrington. Do you think the Swiss belittle Roger Federer because he won all the time? Do you think the Americans belittle Tiger Woods because he won all the time? Do you think they take it for granted? No, they don't. And we shouldn't take Lisa Carrington for granted. If she wins world championships, she should have the same buzz around her come nominations for the Halbergs and the Halberg Awards next year that were associated with her the first time she won world championships. The reason why she's so good is because she's a superstar, because she works hard. She's a freak. Hi, Michael. Hey, Otto, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. A um, couple of things. Um, we, we definitely need to win this game tomorrow, right? Because losing becomes a habit. Yeah? I agree. And, and once you start to lose, you, you take the mindset off. It's like 
it's like fighting a war, right? You put fresh troops in that have never been into battle before, they'll never be as good as battle-hardened SAS soldiers, right? It's really simple. So this game has got huge importance, and I'm no Foster fan, but credit to Foster where it's due. He's put his probably best team out to win this game to get that psychological edge if and when we meet these guys again or when we meet the French, right? And that's what sport's all about. It's about winning, not losing. And, and at this level, it's not, a, it's not about being mediocre as well. No, preaching the converted 100%. Uh, look, I, I remember when the Auckland rugby team, say from 1985 onwards, um, were almost unbeaten, you know, pretty much. And I remember John Kerwin yep. saying, hey, look, we went out there to try and play the perfect game and we almost did. And the great sides, you know, when you go back to Terry Wrightson's and Michael Jones, Olo Brown, Craig Dowd, you know, Fitzpatrick, McDowell. I mean, it was just a wonderful, wonderful era. And then like all eras, it comes to an end. And then, you know, Auckland lose a game and it's a big talking point. And then Auckland lose another game and it's a big talking point, but not to the same degree. After they've lost four or five times, no one cares because we've become immune to it. We've dealt with it. We've moved on. And that's the concern when you start accepting the All Blacks losing. How long do you then apathy creeps in and suddenly the pressure that's always been on that All Black team to win suddenly disappears? You lose a big part of what's made the All Blacks so great. Totally agree with you. And my second point is I totally agree with what your your thoughts about what Henson's done. I think, I, I think Henson sees it as a joke, right? Um, and I don't think it's a joke. I mean, I, it's probably hard to stop him doing it because... He's not an employee of the rugby union anymore. And you know, everyone's free to do what they do. But the moral compass has come off at settings big time. Yeah. Oh. And if it had been six months ago, it's probably a different argument. But like the week mm. or two weeks out from the World Cup, it just doesn't sit right, I don't think, with most of us. Eh? Do you know what I mean? No. No, well said, Michael, and I agree with you completely. As I've said, um, you can say, well, I'm not getting paid. I'm just helping a mate out. The reality is... You're there to try and further enhance. You're trying yeah. You're there to further try and enhance the Wallabies' performance at this World Cup. However, you want to spin it, uh, your input is there to make the Wallabies better. And therefore, this close to the World Cup, it is unacceptable. Knighted for services to New Zealand rugby. The same guy who, when I think it was Brad Shields decided to go and play for England. I think he came out and said, oh, players have got to be more loyal to New Zealand rugby. Now he's over there. What is he working for? Does he work for Sanyo in Japan? One of those, Sanyo, is it one of those top Japanese teams? And what's he doing? Pillaging and pilfering top New Zealand rugby talent. But Steve, what about, what about preaching to them about staying loyal to New Zealand rugby? What do you just run with the hares and hunt with the hounds and look after Steve Hansen. Complete and utter hypocrisy. As I said, my opinion lacks integrity. 28 minutes away from 1 o'clock. We'll bring some sports headlines and then we'll go to Ted Spearlines for the first time today. 0800 150811 is the number. You know, you've got to play, and there will be injuries. You just hope they're not major. But it doesn't matter whether we win or lose that game. I don't think so. I think they've put their marker on the ground. There's, you know, there's other things that work now. Absolutely appalling comment 
coming from a man knighted for services to rugby somehow implying that it's not important if the All Blacks win this game against South Africa. That's just so typical of just New Zealand rugby as a whole too. Appalling. Does everybody agree with that? Anyone agree with that? Is that what we've got to now, that rugby's just once every four years about the Rugby World Cup? We're just like every other nation in the world now. Put all our eggs in one basket and hope. Just remember, man, Las Vegas wasn't built on winners, eh? Hi, Ted. Hey, uh, Moro, how are you today? Good, thank you. Hey, look, I just got a couple of points. um, Going on uh, Steve Hansen's, um, uh, what he was saying is... um, seems to be something that's um, recently uh, that's, um, manifested itself, I guess, in uh, the way um, New Zealand public are looking at um, rugby at the moment, uh, especially with the All Blacks, that uh, it doesn't matter to to them a lot now that uh, whether the All Blacks win or lose. You know, uh, it just seems to be that... Um, because I remember back in the day, if the All Blacks lost, it was, you know, we went into mourning and, you know, and it took us a, a long time to get over it, but it just doesn't seem to be like that anymore. Yeah, but it's sad though, isn't it? But the, the, they've got that same approach though, isn't it? They don't care about the NPC. They don't mind taking players out of Super Rugby or resting them in the name of the All Blacks. And you go, well, what do you care about? Is it just now purely the bottom line? The only people that seem to be benefiting from New Zealand rugby at the moment are the players, the Players Association and the top-heavy executive. True, very, very true. Yeah. Um, my other point is uh, that, um, you know, uh, for the uh, Warriors, you know, Mount um, Smart is our, you know, our, our home. And, um, you know, I've been going there since '95 um, and, um, you know, uh, we uh, get a, a home semi. It should be at uh, Mount Smart. Oh, 100%. But but all the teams should be able to play at home, you know. This cash grab, just yeah. this, this whole thing about money these days, you don't have a product without the fans. You know, you imagine yeah. Liverpool Football Club moving away from Anfield because you want to go and, you know, if they wanted to, they could have knocked Anfield down in Liverpool and built a brand new stadium like Tottenham Hotspur, but they would have lost all the atmosphere, they would have lost all the history, they would have lost all the little idiosyncrasies that go with it, and they would have lost an edge. And if, if people don't think there's something in a ground, then you need to do greater due diligence on the famous grounds and the impact it does have on a team. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been to Eden Park, you know, uh, you know and you know, I've been to some really uh, awesome games there, but um, the atmosphere just isn't the same as what we get at uh, Mount Smart. No, I agree. I agree. It, it, there is something about Mount Smart. As I said, it, look, Ted, no, I apologise for the language. It is a shithole, but it's the Warriors shithole, it's league fan shithole, and it actually works. And that's not a bad thing. It, it's a hard place to come and play. Um, you know, why why bring them to some big luxurious ground and treat them like royalty, mate? Make them come here. Make them drive out to Penrose. Get them stuck in traffic. Put them in some old crappy bloody changing rooms and say, welcome to Auckland, welcome to Warriors, and see how you cope. <laughs> Yeah, cheers, Ted. Lovely to have you on the program. Thank you. It is 22 minutes away from one o'clock. You're listening to SENZ. You can text us here on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Graham, afternoon. 
How are you there, Watto? Yeah, good, thanks, Graham. Um, How are you? I'm bloody good, yeah. I, I agree with uh, Michael just before the break. Um, we, you know, we we have to win this game. Like, it's... Like, I remember Mills Mariana when we were on the Northern Tour at the end of last year. He, he said he was comfortable if we lost to Scotland so long as we beat England. He played 100 tests for the All Blacks and he's saying that on, on the breakdown. That's just crap. No, know, but, like the, yeah. and, and Scotland nearly and Scotland nearly beat them. And, and you know, we were up by 20 points against England and, you know, we drew with them. And like, it's just, we have to win this game to go into the France test with confidence and with our combinations working. Look, if we... Imagine, ha- imagine if we get thumped by 20 points by South Africa, how are we gonna, all going to be feeling? Yeah, well, Graham... Like, just, yeah, okay. Graham, put it this way. If if we had a really healthy club competition, MPC was selling out and had the buzz it once had and Super Rugby was the number one rugby product in the world, there might be, you, you could probably put a little bit more weight, you know, you'd probably sit there and go, okay, the All Blacks, yeah, if they win or lose, doesn't, you know, rugby's healthy. The problem is, though, all of those things, club, MPC and Super Rugby, have all been sacrificed in the name of the All Blacks. Now, if you're going to make those sacrifices and it's all about the All Blacks, then the All Blacks need to win. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, we've got a culture in this country when it comes to the All Blacks, like we're the best team in the world. Well, we're not the best team in the world anymore for a reason. And that's because our club and NPC competitions have been eroded to nothing. And oh. now, you know, and you know, this, this World Cup is very important for, if we get kicked out in the quarterfinals, which, you know, we could, we're going to end up playing Ireland or South Africa. That could happen. Uh, And and, and that's my point, Graham. And then what do we have left? What do we have left? And and what do we have left? We've got no, we've got a super rugby competition that's crap, that is no longer appointment view. We've got an NPC competition no one's turning up to. We've got club rugby in complete and utter disarray. And what? We're going to rely on, what, first 15 for our future All Blacks? I I mean, and and it's funny, Graham, because you run through those that sit on the board of New Zealand Rugby and they've all got these CVs and they all tell us how great they are and they've all got this business acumen. But it's like, what are you actually there for? Is it just the business class tickets to the World Cup and rubbing shoulders with All Black captains and going to dinners? Because none of them, none of them appear to have any understanding of the game at a grassroots level or they're all just too damn scared of actually making a difference. I agree. Like I'm, yeah, I've had a big involvement on committees and out on rugby and on netball, and it's just I just think, man, you guys just don't know what you're doing to to sports we love. But um, yeah, have a good weekend, everybody. Stay safe and go the mighty All Blacks and go the mighty Dragons oh, tonight. Graham, Graham, yeah. I was going to say you're a patriot, easy, but nah, I love the fact you love the Dragons. You're allowed to love the Dragons. Don't just have to be a Warriors fan. Let's be honest. There are a lot of NRL clubs around before the Warriors came along. I remember when I was at primary school, Oaraka Primary back in the early or 70s and early 80s, I remember kids walking around in Parramatta. Had one of the biggest fan clubs in the world, Parramatta, at the time. That was my first club I remember, Parramatta. And then sort of became more manly after that. Daryl Williams and Matty Ridge and, of course, you had Freeman and those boys at the Tigers. Brent Todd there at Canberra Raiders and 
Checker Ferguson, 1989, the great grand final. Anyway, 18 minutes away from one. 0800 150 811. Uh, just some texts that have come in. Hanson, Hanson nearly ruined the All Blacks. That comes from Justin. Don't disagree. Why does everyone keep referring to Go Media as Mount Smart? Well, they've bought the rights and name, but it doesn't stop you. You can call it what you want. It's like people who get knighted. I don't need to call you Steve Hans- Sir Steve Hanson. Sorry, I can't stand royalty. I'll just call you Steve Hanson. Take a break. You know, you've got to play, and there will be injuries. You just hope they're not major. But it doesn't matter whether we win or lose that game. I don't think so. I think they've put their marker on the ground. There's, you know, there's other things that work now. Steve Hanson from Raw Black Coach, knighted for services to New Zealand rugby over there, trying to enhance the Wallabies. Whatever spin you want to put on it, his being there is to try and make the Wallabies a little bit better, whether he's getting paid or not. And there he's telling us it's okay if we lose this All Black just game against South Africa, it doesn't matter. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Uh, look, I just want to say too, we've got some really, I didn't realise how intelligent and good looking the population of New Zealand is, but read this from Brett. Got to win every game, Mark. Great to have you on the airwaves. Beautiful man, Brett. Beautiful, beautiful man in a very platonic way, mate. Clearly very intelligent as well. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's uh, talk to Lyle. Hi, Lyle. Yeah, good day, mate. Uh, listen, you reckon Hanson's helping the uh, Australians out in rugby, but what was Wayne Bennett doing in 2008 at the Rugby League World Cup? Oh, look, oh, oh, look, and the Australians had every right to get upset about it. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, Wallaby fans don't care. Look, uh, I'm saying as a New Zealander, I don't like it. Now, I, I don't know how the Australians felt about Wayne Bennett. They should have jumped up and down too. So... Oh, look, uh, I'll tell you how they felt. They thought, oh, it won't be a problem. We'll still flog you anyway. Mm. Um but anyway, getting back to uh, Mount Smart, yeah, I think the game should be played there, but I'm not going to name names, but believe me, the NRL, as soon as the Warriors were in contention for a home semi, have been negotiating with the Trust Board of Eden Park. And it will be at Eden Park, it shouldn't be, but you know, I guess they need the money to fund those four teams that they're sending to uh, Las Vegas next year. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure the Las Vegas thing's paying for itself. I, I just think, you know, there's enough money in the game, billion-dollar television rights, and I'll it and I'll say it again, do not put commercial decisions yeah. ahead of performance decision. Those teams have earned the right for those home semis. They should be given it. Uh, they'll, they'll have to improve on what they're doing, too. If they keep playing like they are, they're not going to get too far into the semis, but uh, they must be due for a form change. Yeah, and I just wonder if they get up against the Dragons tonight, whether they maybe do just rest some marquee players next week against the Dolphins and just give them that week off. Mind you, who picked Penrith getting beaten last night as well? I mean, the Dark Horse team is clearly the Roosters. They seem to have the momentum at the right time of the year. We'll put it this way, St George has got nothing to lose. They won't be there after next week anyway, so it takes a lot of pressure off. Hey, what's the weather like on the Gold Coast? Uh, 28 degrees in the sky. Mate, I'm moving. I'm coming. One thing about New Zealand, my friend, you never die first, will you? <laughs> no, you won't, mate. I mean, I drove down the road, mate. There's six people out there building arcs at the moment, six of them. You know, pigeons, bloody chickens lining up to try and get on board the damn thing. You know, we've had, we've had 27 fine days since January in this country. That's three days in every month. That's appalling. You know, many years ago, my father tells me uh, that there was a, a proposed idea that New Zealand would sell or give water to the Arabs, right? So it's obviously five or six thousand litres of water for maybe a, for a thousand litres of oil. 
um, you know, <coughs> perhaps they should, the government, whoever gets elected in October, should look at that that idea again. It's not a bad idea, Lyle. Hey, lovely to have you on the program. I've got a sneaking feeling, mate, if we don't get a change of government, there's going to be a lot of people moving to Australia. Just my thoughts, just my thoughts. But <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I voted Labor most of my life, but I couldn't vote for that lot in the fit. Nah, look, it's it's interesting. I um, I've got to say, over the years politically, I've probably voted for every political party. Um, I probably sit a little bit more on the right these days, only economically. I, I've got a lot of empathy, but I just believe you have to p- be able to pay for things. It's funny. Uh, this morning, I was saying to someone, oh, "I tell you what, though, if this weather doesn't improve and we don't have a change of government, I'm you know I'm going to go to Australia." You know, I don't generally mean it, but I was saying that. And then, ironically, I overhear a guy at the other table. Split second later, goes. If it's not a change of government. I'm going to Australia, and he's talking to his mates. Completely oblivious to the conversation we just had. Anyway, we don't want to get into a big political conversation here on SENZ. Uh, someone, Chris, saying somehow you have to bring Liverpool into the conversation. A eh, Watto, pace yourself. You might need energy to scream at the Liverpool defence in the weekend. Uh, yeah, look, I, I always refer to. Um, you're always going to reference things that you are aware of and you talk about home ground advantage I think Anfield, I think Liverpool Football Club is a really, really good example of a really hard place for away teams to come and go. It's not just marketing hype, it is a tough place to play Uh, The All Blacks have made Eden Park a fortress for whatever reason Last time they lost I think was when Jonah played his debut against the French back in 1994 and the French scored the try from the end of the world in the last minutes of play to win that test. And so, you know, 24,000, okay, they might get 45,000, but I don't know, the ground just feels a bit bigger. crowd doesn't feel as close. We'll take a break. You're listening to SENZ. One and a half minutes away from one o'clock. Mark Watson with you through to three o'clock this afternoon. Coming up after one o'clock, we'll change it up a little bit. Uh, Kerry Rogers is going to join us on the programme. Kerry, Commonwealth Games running representative, um, some outstanding uh, personal bests across a wide variety of distances, uh, sub four minute miler. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the World Athletic Championships. Uh, Geordie Beamish finishing fifth in the steeplechase, probably lost on a lot of people in this country, uh, just how remarkable that achievement is an event traditionally dominated by the Africans. Also, just how hard is it to try and peak once a year against the very best athletes in the world? The small margins athletes are dealing with. How difficult is it trying to qualify for certain finals? Uh, Particularly the 8 and 1500 metres where it's not based on time, it's based on position. And that means the races can be run relatively slow or incredibly quick very tactical and just his general thoughts of the World Track and Field Championship so that to come after one o'clock of course we'll open the lines and then we will talk a little bit of rugby again between two and three but keep your thoughts coming here on the Temper Bedpost text machine and of course the telephone number 0800 150811